Welcome back to another edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast from MLB.com. Alongside, actually literally alongside, we're sitting side by side. We didn't move our chairs from the interview, so we're just sitting side by side here in this massive room that is the Braves Alumni Lounge. I'm sitting alongside Braves Alumni Director Greg McMichael, uh, who just had a very successful uh, Braves Alumni Weekend. We'll get into that after the interview, but uh, I know you're looking... uh, both relieved and happy with how everything went, as you should be. Uh, but we're going to get into a guy who, who is now also going to be a Braves alumni, or is. He is an alum, Jerry Blevins, uh, bullpen lefty for the Atlanta Braves this year. He's done a heck of a job this year for this team. I think acquired late April, I believe it was, from, uh, from the athletics and... He's been one of the stabilizing forces out there. I mean, at times the bullpen has been a little volatile at times this year, and he's kind of been there for most of the year. A good veteran, as you touch on in the interview, with a good veteran presence out there in the bullpen. And uh, most importantly, he has a whole lot in common with Greg McMichael. That was the main thing I noticed, huh? It was like you were uh, Jerry Burleson uh, from Braves Media Relations brought Jerry down here, and he's like, I was telling Jerry as we were walking in, I was like, you know, you and Greg, you have a lot in common, played for the same teams, born in the same part of the country, and Jared's like, yeah, so it'll be like you're talking to yourself. And I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> so so what do you think? What do you think? Uh, somebody from Tennessee, I mean, you feel, I felt like you two were going to head it off. Well, born I, in Tennessee. I didn't plan that. Uh-huh. But it was a nice surprise. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was great being able to obviously talk pitching, and it's always nice having a fellow reliever on and and talk about kind of what's going on now. And but he's a professional. He's done a great job. You look at his career numbers. He's he's been right there doing his job, consistent, and that's what you've seen from him from the Braves this year. He's gone out there. He's been very dependable. He's done what you needed him to do, and that's get lefties out. We've got a really good bullpen now. He was an early – he was a piece early on that's been there that we didn't have to worry about. We've added some pieces around him, and I think he's he's proven um, way more than what we expected from him. I mean, he actually didn't even make, make the team with the A's out of spring training and was going to AAA, and uh, we picked him up and signed him, and uh, that was a great move Alex had. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and uh, Jerry made his big league debut, I believe, in 2007, and as you're going to hear, he's he's just an ultimate professional, and you can tell when you're talking with a guy like this, this is how somebody makes it in the big leagues for over a decade is they're a total pro, and they've got a good head on their shoulders, and not too high, not too low, just kind of that ultimate pro. So we certainly enjoy getting to know him, as I think you all will. So without further ado, here he is, Jerry Blevins. 6-4, Jerry Blevins is on to try to save it for Atlanta. Blevins, a former Met. He got him three pitches, and Blevins ends the game. Well, uh... Um, Jerry, gr- glad to be here. Glad you're here with us today and on Behind the Braves. Right, thank you, Greg. The, Appreciate it. You are in the Alumni Lounge. I assume this is probably the first time you've been here. It is. It was the first time I walked through and uh, saw the, the Hall of Fame out there, yeah. uh, some of the cool water, watercolors on the wall. It's beautiful back here. Yeah, this is really nice. I know as a player, I couldn't, I didn't realize how many people work behind the scenes when I was with uh, with the Braves and all the stuff that goes on. And so I'm sure as a player, you don't get a chance to see uh, everything, but it's nice to bring you to a new place of the ballpark. You're, you're our, you are an official alumni, so that's good. So uh, after your playing days, 
you'll be welcomed back and you can visit the alumni lounge and do all the things that we've got going on here. That sounds great. I might have to just come in and sit in the same seat <laughs> That's and just force my way in. Yeah. Well, we have about 250 alumni that are involved with us. There's 65 here locally and we've got a really good um, participation from all the guys and we were just here did you get to see the guys here from alumni weekend i did i got to see quite a few uh quite a few players that that i've seen and watched play in the past and, and admired from afar and it was nice to, to talk shop a little bit with with some yeah. some legends yeah any guys that you when you were a kid you're like man i'd Love to meet that guy, or I'd love to pitch like that guy. I know I mean, that they said you're a Jose Canseco fan. I grew up an A's fan. I grew up in Ohio, but uh, an A's fan, uh, and I'm a left-handed pitcher, so you know I get to see Tom Glavin critique me for for, for a living. So I'm like, yeah. hey man, any advice? You know, we, we break it down. So it's been yeah. it's been a blessing to be a part of this organization, and and like you said, with the alumni, they're they're close ties with with this. They're players from the past. Um, it makes it easier for us to be on the field knowing that, that they care about us now and even when we're done playing. Well, I think there were a lot of people who were Bob Welch fans, Carney Lansford, Jose Canseco, Dave Henderson. Um, I, I watched those. 1988 World Series was one of my favorites. Dodgers and A's. Um, that was uh, Dodgers and A's, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I remember being instructional the, ball. <laughs> I was an instructional okay. ball watching Hershazer just deal and thinking, man, you know, of course, dreaming of being in the big leagues and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, those were some great, uh, great battles during that series. In, in Instructs, you you never feel further away from the big leagues <laughs> yeah, during, right. <laughs> during that right. time. That's a, that's a, that's a, were you in Arizona in Actually, I was in Baseball City, which were the Royals at the time. Okay. And I was with the Indians. That's who I got drafted by. And um, so we were down there splitting it with, of course, you know, you're coming off of I was in I was short I was an A ball uh, just coming off as a, coming out of University of Tennessee and and uh, yeah you're right they just you're you're the low man on the totem pole and they they let you know that right yeah they, <laughs> you feel like the if you think of minor league baseball as like a ladder we're not even to the ladder yet at that point we're just looking up <laughs> at the ladder so. that's right <laughs> I remember sitting in Hooters with some of the guys eating wings and we're watching the game I'm thinking God can I ever pitch there. Those guys just seem like monsters. I mean, you think about Jose Canseco, Dave Henderson, uh, Carney Lansford just looked like a, a, you know, a wildebeest. I mean, he was just a real man. I mean, he was huge. And especially on solid. TV, everybody looks Correct. bigger. But those guys, I don't know what if they were doing anything, but uh, they were still, they were some big boys. He's still pretty stout, Carney. Um, I have a chance to play with. Uh, both of his sons that played in the A's organization when I was over there. Oh, nice. So I got to see a lot. He'd come over as a fan, too. And he was doing some TV stuff on field on and off while I was okay. in Oakland. So yeah, yeah well, he still he still looks the wildebeest part. Like he, he looks like he can move a truck without yeah. starting the engine. I bet. They had some, it kind of reminded me of some of the Phillies teams. They were just like, those guys are big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to. You know, we were talking about Ronnie before we we started. Mm -hmm. You're not going to want to throw him high and tight. Anybody on those those That's 88 right. team uh, with Oakland is they'll they'll come after you. Well, I was surprised. I was kind of throwing some bets down, wondering if we were going to drill the first guy uh, yesterday. After you know, we've had our share of incidents with the Marlins, and of course they've hit you know Ronald twice, and and I'm just thinking, well, I wouldn't put it past that maybe you know Julio's going to go out there and just send a message. I don't know, did we get a warning before the game? Uh, yeah, so they just kind of, they didn't warn us before the game, but they extended it that they're paying attention. Oh, so if okay. anything would have happened, it probably would have been okay. a fine sent down. 
I think Julio and myself would leave it to the guys that throw a little harder to send a little bit more of a message. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Some guys that that's can right. throw. Can, well, can I throw. said that because I don't know if I would want to be that pitcher that had to send a message and I was pitching against the A's. Yeah, right? that's 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 <laughs> that, the key. At that point in time and knowing that I had to knock down somebody. Well, but. Julio pitched, what, seven seven shutout innings, oh. win the game 5 nothing. That's about as good a payback as That's you good, get. but, you know, back I in know, the day, we I was trying to be that guy, but even I'm like, yeah, but still. I'm with you. I'm like for me, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anybody. You know, if we have to protect a player, especially, you know, they hit Hechevarria as well. I don't think either one were on purpose, but it's not for us to determine. Um, but we just wanted to you know, beat them on the field and right. put a win in the ultimately. In the w. That's the best way to yep, do it. Right? Absolutely, that's how I feel. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, um, I, I was excited when I started reading a little bit more about you, just because we had so much in common. You were born in God's country. I was too, up in Tennessee. I didn't know you were born in Virginia. Yeah, no, no, it's Tennessee. <laughs> uh, I'm from Knoxville, and and so, uh, but I'm I'm an A's alumni. I'm a Mets alumni and a Braves alumni, and uh, being a relief pitcher myself. So I thought, oh, this would be fun. We can talk about pitching. Ricky's like, oh, well, I guess I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just gonna sit back. Me. I'm gonna sit back and smile. <laughs> it is. Give a thumbs up. It is quite the history to ha- kind of have in common. If you would have grown up in Ohio, it might have been a little too eerie. I don't think we could have crossed right. paths. I think I would have been right. like, oh, let's keep our distance. Well, I pitched like a lefty because I threw screwballs. I threw changeups. So Bobby always used me against the lefties as much or more than the righties. I was a setup guy and. And uh, but I, I was looking back at your your career so far. You've had an unbelievable career. Thank you. Thirteen seasons now, and I mean you've got thirty wins. You've got more strikeouts than innings. You've got less hits than innings. You're you're not quite three to one walks to you know to strikeout ratio, but but pretty close. I mean you've just done everything. Being a lefty specialist, you could. I mean I remember some of those guys like Rick Honeycutt and and uh, a few others that pitched forever because. They went out there and they could pitch every day. They could get the lefties out, and they just did everything right. So, do you feel like that um, you feel and have the desire to just keep playing and, and and assuming the role that you're you're maintaining right now? Yeah, I'm, uh, it's something that I'll have to reevaluate in the off season. Uh, it's things change now that I'm, I'm married. Hmm. Uh, we just had our first child. Uh, last year during the season, so he's a little bit over older than one now, and we have another one coming up due at the end of October. So at this point, it really is. I, I didn't want to have kids really early because being a baseball player, you're away so long. I wanted to be a part of that, the youth experience, and you know, be a, be a part of his life. And now, at the end of my career, now that he's won, I'm like, do I want to play long enough to where he's going to have memories in the game? Uh, so it's kind of, you know, will, will my body hold up? Is it right for our family? And can I still be effective? Um, right now, I feel great. I feel like uh, I can contribute to the team. Um, and I, I love my role. Uh, like you said, it's, it's kind of evolved. I wasn't always a lefty specialist. Um, I was a one-inning guy, maybe a one-plus at times. It really kind of solidified when I came to the Mets in 2015. They were like, this is what we want you to do. We want you to get the lefties out in a situation, usually with runners on base. And so I really focused on that. And in that aspect, my like strikeout-to-walk ratio you talked about being not quite 3-to-1. You know, And when you're facing the lefties, you kind of have to pick your poison. You know, I'll get a lefty out, and then I have a righty up with a lefty on deck. Right. You know, I'm going to pitch him sure. a little more careful, knowing that that my uh, advantage would be to the guy on deck. And so, you know, you you kind of pitch around guys, and and you know, t- 
target who you want who you want to attack. Yeah, and that's a great point. And I know back 20 years ago, 15 years ago, that meant more than it does today. The strikeout means more than necessarily the walk because we're seeing a lot more walks. And I don't know how much they really, from an analytics standpoint, they focus on three to one walk ratio. But when you look at your body of work, there's so many positive signs in there that you're doing your job and doing it well and that you you can play as long as you want. Now, Thank do you, you feel like you have a rubber arm? Um, not always, but I, I, I'm pretty durable. You know, I'm available to throw, especially in those, those limited roles where if I come in and face one guy, maybe two, I can probably do that nine out of ten days. Um, fortunately, we have an amazing, uh, talented group here. You know, there's a ton of guys in AAA that are great. So I haven't been asked to do too much, um, but they're awesome here. But I do feel like I can, I can contribute, you know, you know, basically every day, and I'm available every day. Um, it just turns out that, that they don't need me, so all the better. <laughs> I, I've, Greg and I have been doing Behind the Braves for almost a year now, and I hesitate to say this, but I never get tired of listening to him talk about pitching. It's always fascinating me. I love listening to him break down current things that are going on and comparing them to his, his time. And with him being a relief pitcher, I've asked him and talked to him about this, and I wanted to ask you, what is that like? How do you stay mentally prepared for such a, a volatile role? And I mean volatile in that you might pitch three days in a row. You might not pitch for a week. You might come in like you did, uh, I think it was last week, and close the game. I mean, uh, how do you stay mentally ready for that? It seems like to me, as just a, from a fan perspective, that seems like the hardest job in baseball, being a reliever. Well, thank you, Ricky. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You should, you should tell Anthopolis that. No, uh, <laughs> well, we will. This we will. We'll pass for, me, law. for me, being a reliever, uh, is easier preparation wise for a sense that I know I have a chance of being in there the next day um, from a mental standpoint you talked about how well Julio pitched yesterday seven shutout innings well the five days before that he had a struggle I think he got four outs is that right or something like you know, that, under yeah. two innings and for him to have to sit on that for five days and still go out and be effective what I loved as a reliever is almost like we're position players we have to lace our cleats up every day with a chance to play and so it kept me out of trouble because I you know I couldn't go out to bars you know I couldn't you know go chase the nightlife because I have a job to do I got to be ready every day and so I was like all right if my body physically needs to be prepared I need to be mentally prepared to, to play every day and so that was an easy you know conversion for me as a professional did, did you ever get the nickname Dr. Blevins? Uh, never. I want to call him Dr. Blevins for some reason. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. As a college dropout, you know, drafted oh, right. as a junior. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we yeah, were all I'll that, right? Doctor. Okay. That might be an honor. No, I want to call you Dr. Blevins. But what, what, is, what do they call you? What's your nickname? Blev. They call me Jerry. Um, I get a little bit of everything. Your Players Weekend jersey, which Players Weekend is coming up as we're recording this, his Players Weekend jersey, oh, yeah. Greg, it's, 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 the list I saw is Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Is that right? Yeah, is it still? yeah. Okay. I mean, I grew up in right in the Jerry Springer era yeah, on same. TV, oh, yeah. so yeah. the, the Jerry chance, uh-huh. uh, and it's okay. just uh, an excuse for me to try to get some fans to yell my name <laughs> <laughs> instead of uh, "Hey, give me a ball" or "Hey, go get go get Acuna or Josh Donaldson to come out." Hey, can you get Ronald to sign this? <laughs> yeah, I used to do that. Like, I don't have that kind of sway, yeah. guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. Will this one do? Mine was, "Hey, can Smol- Can you get Smolty to sign this for me?" <laughs> <laughs> like, "Hey, thanks for the autograph. Can you save room for the the good players?" <laughs> Yeah, no problem. I'll sign real small for you. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Well, how did you, growing up in, born in Tennessee, growing up in Ohio, how did the, the athletics fandom develop? Was it just that team? No, well, kind of. Um, I have a brother who's four years older than me, and we grew up super competitive. Uh, he's 10 times the athlete I, I am still to this day. But uh, he always pushed me, and sometimes you clash, you know, that's how brothers do, even, you know, siblings. And it was the 90 World Series, and he's a huge Reds fan, and I was like, I like that team with the hair and the mustache and the muscles. So it happened to be the A's, and I, I loved, I kind of always had a, I've always loved the, the, like the, I guess the, the blue collar, you know, kind of hardworking, hard nosed, Teams and you know when I was in the Bay Area, it was the A's looking over at the the shining gem of the Giants. You know I played for the Mets and we're looking at the Bronx and you've got the Yankees. Um, Dodgers were the pretty boys. The Dodgers are the pretty boys. So I've always had you know I've always enjoyed you know the kind of the rough and tumble group and and the A's embodied that when I was you know at a very vulnerable time, seven years old, and uh, it just kind of took off from there. Yeah, no no aspirations or dreams of being an Indian. I mean, there was Being a few. Right there. Yeah, I, I really do. My mom would have loved it. She's a, she's a huge Indians fan. Like I said, my brother's a Reds fan. We're surrounded. I live like an hour south of Detroit, so there's a ton of Tigers oh, fans. Well, yeah. um, I never got close. I was almost an Indian one off season, um, but they chose a different guy instead of me. And you know, I'm just happy to to be on a really competitive team in a, in a wonderful city and a beautiful ballpark, man. Hey, nothing wrong with first place, right? Absolutely. Yeah, this what, has been a, this has been, you know, I started this year at AAA. Yeah. And so to come here in this situation. Did you get hurt or was no, it? No, I just, you know, I, I signed in the offseason with the A's with, with full anticipation of making that team. And then we played in Japan to start the year. So everything was accelerated in camp and they had decisions to make. And I just didn't make the cut there. And so I started my year in AAA and I had an out coming up and they still weren't ready to call me up. So I was like, hey, I'm going to take my out. I have nothing but respect for the A's. You know, they gave me my chance um, and they said, you know, the Braves are interested and we, we want to give you a shot. So I came here and I honestly, like it's such a blessing. I, I come to the ballpark every day. We've got an amazingly talented group, first of all, I mean, first place, but our guys are fun to be around. You know, I've got some, some familiar faces with, with Donaldson, um, Swarzak I played with, We and and it's just a fun team to be around and, and uh, I'm thankful every day. It seems we've had the, from current coaches and guys that we've had on, I know every player in every interview they're going to say, well, yeah, chemistry in the clubhouse is great and everything, but with this group and this team, whenever I hear you guys talk like that, it seems very genuine and you can tell that it's, it's team chemistry is a real thing. I mean, I know we all care about the numbers and stats, but how, I mean, it, the chemistry is just as important as all that, correct? Ab absolutely. It's one of those things where you know, a thing like when when Ronnie got taken out of the game for not hustling, you know, it was one of those things where he got taken out of a game, but we're there. We want him on our team. We, we want to pick him up. We feel bad for him. We understand that there's a lesson to be learned. You have to, you know, it's something that needs to be done. But at the same time, we're there to pick him up. You know, we won that game. It was a close game. Ortega came and uh, had a, an amazing home run, you know, to, to win it for us. But 
those are the moments, those are character builders, and we want him to feel like he, we want him a part of the team. We don't want to just discipline him and make him stand on the sideline. We'll be like, hey, we need you. Let's get you, let's get you back out there. And it's great. Everybody picks each other up. We have a, a, a really fun time with, with each other, and we've got a good group of young guys and veteran guys that, that truly get along, and there's no, there's no animosity in there at all. Well, that's a great point. I'm, of course, I'm up in the suites with about 70 alumni from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, and we all get it. We, we've been on teams where that had to happen. I mean, I was sitting next to Andrew Jones. It happened to him. There's, there's plenty of us that have made a bonehead mistake because you're 25. In his case, he's 21, you know, and, and you just do things that he the moment. You don't, you know, it's not like you set out the plan to be, to do something stupid. Just sometimes it happens. But the best thing that can happen is for you to be disciplined for it and then have, like you said, the teammates there to encourage you to, to say, hey, we've all done something dumb. Let's learn from it and move on. And, and I know those guys up there felt the same way and they knew it needed to be done, even though you're kind of like, oh, gosh, you know, yeah, I hate absolutely. that. But, hey, it's just part of, part of growing up and, and being a professional. That's it. We hold each other accountable, and, that, and that's one of those moments that will, you know, it's not a, a defining moment of our of our team but it's one of those moments where you're like hey these guys lean on each other and they expect you know they expect hustle and they expect you to push and and if you discipline you know what's who's arguably your best player it shows the rest of everybody hey you got to be you got to bring it every day right yeah there's too much of that the worst thing you can do for chemistry on the team is not do it to your best player Exactly, one of your top players, and then everybody's like, "Oh, you know, here we go!" Right? <laughs> yeah, you can't have you can't have a double standard. No. You can't treat your superstars no. like this, and then treat you know your twenty fifth man. Anybody expected Snit to be that way because we know better. Correct. But, but let's talk about you. Um, you know, we, we don't have you for a long time, but I'd love to know, and I'm sure Ricky, as we've talked before before about pitching, tell us what your routine is. How do you? How do you come to the ballpark? I know the mentality of a of the blue collar. I get to work. I'm an everyday player. That's great. I love that too. But tell us what you do to start preparing mentally around four o'clock, five o'clock as you stretch. You said you're going out to stretch today. What do you do? Because you may not be pitching until ten o'clock. Yeah. So my day usually I get here around two o'clock for a seven o'clock game, and as soon as the lineups are posted, looking at the lefties, I'm like, all right, what spot in that lineup? You know, if it's the Phillies we're facing, it's Harper usually in the one, two, three, four hole. Um, looking, if we're going to New York, I'm looking for McNeil and Conforto and Dom Smith if he's in there. That kind of, I figure out what what part of the lineup I'm going to be attacking. I make sure I'm prepared, knowing their tendencies, knowing where to attack them, knowing I feel comfortable, you know, with the pitches I'm going to be throwing. And then that translates to making sure I'm, you know, I'm 35, I'll be 36 in a couple of weeks, making sure my body's physically ready. So it's hot tub, stretching, rolling out, you know, doing some yoga. And then uh, once the game starts, you know, I like to start stretching in the fourth inning. I play catch with the outfielder every fifth inning, and that really starts my routine. And so I start to lock it in from then on. And, and you usually see me. You know, I'm one of the few players that gets out of, we have like an air-conditioned yeah. spot in that bullpen. You know, the fourth, fifth inning, unless it's a scorching hot day game, you know, I'm out there watching the game. It's just a different perspective. I like to see, feel the atmosphere, feel the fans, uh, and I get locked in from the third on, usually. 
that's good. Has as Nick Nick Markakis has been spending some time out there in the bullpen. Has yeah. he said, has he talked much when he's out there? Is he just he's just kind of hanging out watching? He's the not game? a huge talker to begin that. with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I'm but surprised. He, uh, he 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 notices the best seat in the house. I mean that that little perch there we have in that right center field. It's the best place to catch a game. You know, I could talk to the players. I, you know, I feel like I helped Ender Enciarte out a few times, telling him he's nice. got room on the track. You know, it's just a beautiful place to catch a ball game. And, and Nick's, you know, unfortunately on the the injured list, and he's just walking around, experiencing, you know, different parts of it. And so it's always nice to have him down there. You get to talk hitting and pitching with a position player. It's it's a blessing. Plus, you know, he's well, he's a good one. He's one of the best. Yeah, yeah. he'd be a great one. So when you came over after the season started, you were supposed to. You thought you were going to be in Oakland, and you've got a young family. I know that moving a young family at any time is not easy. Moving in season when you thought you were going to be one place on the other side of the country—that's especially hard. But does it help a little bit when you know, okay, I'm going to a team that's that's contending? Does that make it a little bit easier to deal with? Yeah, it makes it a lot easier. You know, that's that's one of the uh, luxuries of of being a lefty reliever or just a reliever in general. A team that usually wants me on their squad is either contending uh, or looking for a trade deadline to, to swing them to a contender. And so they're only going to pay me, you know, um, my salary if they if they think they're going to win. And so I, I've been blessed to be a part of mostly, you know, competitive teams, you know, after my first few years in Oakland when we were, you know, uh, rough and tumble kind of team. Yeah. Right. I wanted to ask you, <clears throat> about the strike zone, I noticed that, you know, when I've talked to guys about, and I'll show you just the visual I kind of used when, when I was playing, the strike zone was like this, yeah, and now it's like that, and they, you know, for a guy like you and me, I don't want that pitch up there, <laughs> because I feel you. And, and a lot of guys are learning that they can't, they think they can throw that pitch, but that's a ball, and that's a home run, you know, and that is a very small piece of um, real estate that you're going to try to hit on a on a consistent basis it's not easy yeah so i know that there's you know the umpires used to be unique in in who they were so one guy would give you a little bit more of this and nothing of this or he would give you a little bit more of that nothing of that he'd go a little bit below the knee but he'd never go above the waist and now they're calling this pitch, but they won't give you that. And so sometimes, sometimes, yeah. So the uniqueness is yeah. inconsistency. But where there used to be a unique, and of course you always had the bad umpires. But um, but I think the Major League Baseball is so far in their head that that it's like to me when I watch every hitter can be as patient as possible because none of the close calls are going by way of the pitcher. It's the benefit like. If the, if the hitter decides not to swing, the benefit goes to them that it wasn't a strike. And even if it's right on the border or black or whatever. But anyway, I just love to know your perspective on that because there's been a serious evolution in a short period of time compared to when you started your career. Absolutely. So we talked about preparation. That was one of the things that I used to prepare. It's like, all right, this umpire gives you a little bit on the inside portion. Um, he's a little bit tighter on the outside to a righty, that kind of thing. And now I don't really focus on that. I watch it in-game. And so I see what's going on on the field. I'm like, he's a little tight here or there. But I mostly rely on my catcher to understand that. Um, now, like another evolution, you talked about the strike zone, but it's the, the hitter's approach. So a lot of hitters are trying to hit a home run with every swing. And for me, for a guy that works off of 
you know, being able to locate your pitches, it's it's advantageous for me because if a guy tries to hit a home run, I know all I have to do is execute. If I put my pitch where I want it in the right spot, odds are I'm going to come out ahead. And so that's kind of one of the evolutions. That's why strikeouts are up, home runs are up, because if you do make a mistake, it's a home run. Uh, whereas before, if you make a mistake, you might get a foul ball, they might fight it, you know, they'll put the ball in play with two strikes, that kind of thing, where with two strikes, the approach is the same. So I don't worry about the, the expanded this way. I worry about making sure the hitter thinks it might be a strike or something that they can hit and then, you know, let them chase. That's good. That's a good point right there. Well, Jerry, we thank you so much for your time. So, and the last question for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so trade, de- tra- trade deadline, uh, the team makes a few moves, adds to the bullpen. I would think that's got to be a little bittersweet because you know some guys are now going to be sent out or sit down. But is it more of a, a good feeling to know that they're they're adding to the team and trying to, to help you? I mean, bittersweet, but still overall a good good feeling in the bullpen. Absolutely, I, I, I tell you, those guys that are that, that got moved down, and I was I I was on the block for that too. I could have easily you know been one of the guys that got moved away, but as a as a player you want your team to want to win and bringing those three guys into the bullpen only makes your team better and so all those guys are you know they're not excited to be in AAA, but they understand and, and they they'll get their their chance to come back um, anything to make the team better and this truly is one of those teams where the guys they weren't happy to go down but they understand they understand that this team's trying to win the World Series they want to be a part of it and they're happy that the front office wants to win a World Series too and so like you said bittersweet but ultimately whatever makes the team better well again we do appreciate you being on I know that you're you seem to be a good teammate Um, you've got a great perspective on it I'm sure it's great for these young guys like Luke Jackson who we've had on here some of the other guys they need good veteran leadership I was very blessed to have some guys like Steve Bedrosian and Jay Howell and stuff that um, that were there for me and I know it's real important for them because what I've noticed with a lot of these guys that we're getting them to the big leagues a lot quicker and they're trying to learn on the job whereas a lot of us learned in the minor leagues before we ever came up. And so I know it's it's probably Alex is thrilled that you're here in SNIT because they need that kind of calming influence in the bullpen. I was glad to see the veterans that came over in the trade because that was another thing that would benefit some of these young guys. So we appreciate you being on, and, and uh, we'll put in a good word, Alex, because we'd love to have you back. Hey, thank year. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, yeah. guys. All right. Thanks, Jay. Our thanks again to Braves lefty Jerry Blevins for joining us here on Behind the Braves. Hope we didn't uh, scare him off. I think he'd be willing to come back sometime. Seems like he enjoyed himself. We certainly enjoyed having him. Um, really, really just nice guy. Really nice guy. And really enjoyed uh, hearing his perspective on pitching and all the moves and everything that have been made this year. No, I think he's one of those guys that could sit and talk baseball all day long. You know, like I said, I called him Dr. Blevins. That's just in my mind. I just, he looks like a Dr. Blevins to me. I don't know where that came from, but, but I enjoyed talking with him and obviously very intelligent, high baseball IQ. I think it's so important to have guys like that down in, in, in that clubhouse, the Brian McCanns and, um, you know, the Nick Marcakis's and Freddie Freeman's just just because we've got such a great core of young players. They need guys like that, especially in the bullpen. We didn't have that to start the year. 
And that was one of the big concerns I had. We had all these young guys, all this young talent, but we really didn't have any leadership. And that was one of the things that I really felt like that would have been great with, um, you know, bringing in a closer, a veteran closer like Craig Kimbrell, because you needed somebody who had that leadership, veteran leadership that had been doing it. So um, it didn't work out for us, but we got three other guys. And then, of course, Jerry's been here all, all year. Um, and it's it's been uh, it's it's helped. It mm-hmm. definitely helped this team. Uh, he anytime one guy does his role consistently, it helps everybody. I think about Charlie Culberson. He does his role day in and day out. It helps the team. Um, and you just need those guys. They're like glue guys, and they they don't have a huge role, but they have a very significant role. Because if you can look back every World Series team, there's always those key guys. And Glav said this the other night on the broadcast that when you look at World Series wins, it's always those guys you don't expect. Mm-hmm. And you know uh, the Luis Polonias that comes in and defensive replacement, he gets a big double. Uh, you know Ortega the other night, Acuna gets pulled, or Ortega hits the grand slam. I think about Rafael Belliard. Jeff Blauser gets hurt. Rafael Belliard comes in, plays shortstop the whole World Series, and we win in 95. There's just there's something about those key guys that you never know where they come from, but they're just they fly under the radar and they do their job and they allow you to win big games. Francisco Cabrera comes in and says, "No, it's Speedster said Bream home." I mean, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's the, right. and you know, and that's that kind of thing. And I wasn't blowing smoke. I mean, we had a good laugh, you know, and I told Jerry, I think that's the toughest uh, job in baseball. But, I, you know, we, had, we were laughing about it. But I was being serious with that. I, that's, to me, I'm kind of uh, in awe of guys that can do that role. Because I would think, at least if you're like a closer or, you know, you kind of s- settle in as like the eighth inning guy or whatever, when you know the situation, you're able to watch the game without anybody telling you or without the phone ringing, you already know when you're going to be coming in. I'm like, okay, that's kind of like you mentally prepare yourself. But if you're a guy like Jerry who you just don't know, and he he prepares as best he can, he looks at the opposing lineup. So in, in that way, I guess he does have his way to prepare for. But still, he might be coming in to pitch the fifth in mop-up duty. He might be coming in, as he did the other week, to close out the game and get the last out of the game. I, I admire that. I think that's uh, it's a pretty amazing thing, and you need guys like that who can – not only physically fill that role, but mentally are able to handle that kind of yeah. role. It's it's crucial. Yeah, there were back in the day there were guys that you knew were going to pitch when the game was tied or ahead, and then there was a group of guys that would pitch when you were behind. And and so anytime you get a swing man kind of like Jerry, it's really important because he could, like you said he can pitch anytime because if the game if you think about it, if the game is getting out of hand early. You know you still have time to make up ground. You know, it might be the fourth or fifth inning where that, that lefty comes up where you might need him to pitch an inning in two-thirds or whatever to kind of get you over the hump because there's maybe four out of six lefties or three out of five lefties that are coming up, and he can get you to where you can kind of settle settle the game down and then all of a sudden gives your offense a chance to breathe and um, stop the ble- what we call stop the bleeding. Sure, He's one of those guys that are going to do that. So very, very key. Um, key individual in that bullpen. Well, we certainly getting uh, enjoyed getting to know him, uh, as I'm sure you all did out there as well. And we're now proud to say that he's going to be on our fantastic roster of Atlanta Braves alumni. We had a pretty incredible roster of 
part of that Atlanta Braves roster, alumni roster, easy for me to say, for <laughs> uh, alumni weekend last weekend. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, the parade was awesome. The home run derby was awesome. The, the, there were selfies on the field, uh, the autographs. I mean, it was just the, the, the vibes around alumni weekend are always so good anyways, and I always enjoy it, and the fans seem to enjoy it. It seems like the guys enjoy it coming back. So just talk about alumni weekend a little bit. Yeah, I even got to do a Q&A with Steve Avery, Javi Lopez, and Dale Murphy out in the plaza. And at the end, I, I plugged our podcast. Nice, the boy. There you I go. got the shameless plug in just to, to let everybody know. But it was great. Guys enjoyed it. There was a lot of buzz around the ballpark with the Dodgers in town. We had record attendance from uh, – we set a tennis record, I think, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. All three games were packed. It was a beautiful weekend. The Home Run Derby was televised on Fox. If you didn't get a chance to see that, go check it out. It was really cool. Uh, Mizuno was happy. They were one of our sponsors of it. And uh, just, I don't know, I got great feedback from the fans. I was getting text messages and emails. I was getting uh, feedback from the alumni. We were having a great time. Their families, we had about 180 people total each night because you know we had 70 alumni and their families and friends so yeah it was just an overall just a fact we've been doing this 10 years now and it's probably it was probably overall probably our best one just with the parade something we've added here recently the q a we had in the plaza is something we've added recently so i think overall we've got it down to where it's just a really cool three days here at the ballpark and of course when you win two out of three games against one of the best teams in baseball and you're in first place and you can see in your mind the matchup between the dodgers and the braves for the nlcs championship you can kind of see it and it was a preview for that it's pretty cool it was very cool all around it is obviously a massive undertaking and it's a credit to you and the work you do that it go, went off as well as it did uh, so credit big big kudos to you for that and uh, you gave up some bombs in the home run derby I was watching was from job. the press box you, you, you part did. of me was hurting <laughs> hurting from that but well you did your job well <laughs> yeah Andrew Andrew uh, he hits uh, third I think yeah he hit third so so BJ we we're rapid fire and he was just hitting everything out and then Klesko got up there he started and of course I pitched for the 90s team which won and then uh, so Andrew was last and so Andrew uh, was all over me because he didn't hit as many <laughs> and he said you even made me hit a ground ball <laughs> that was your fault in the softball Still your hitting fault. yeah so it was my fault because he said I was throwing too fast after, um, and so of course you know Andrew and I have this long standing that you know, he comes to fantasy camp, and, and it was my fault. He slipped and fell, and he didn't play as well at fantasy camp. And uh, so, anyway, it's just funny because uh, he said, you just had to get somebody out, didn't you? You just couldn't handle hitting, <laughs> giving up all those home runs. <laughs> well, mission accomplished all That's around. Right. You know, That's you did right. Well. You did good. well. Thank you. Well, uh, so Alumni Weekend was awesome, and we also have Brave for a Day sure, coming yeah. up. Sure, we, yeah. We've had some successful Brave for Days so far this year. It's been a lot of fun. I'm going to end up doing some in October, uh, so check the website for that, braves.com slash alumni. And I'll have a couple more opportunities for people. It's the Brave for Days where I take 30, 25 to 30 fans through what it's like to get ready for a game. We're on the field. I bring out a couple alumni. I think in October I've got Klesko and, and um, 
Uh, let's see, and a few other guys that are going to come out, Marquise Grissom and, and uh, Dan Uglis, some guys that were going to come out and help us. You're going to work on your hitting. You're going to work on your fielding. I'm going to be working with you in the bullpen on your pitching. You get to hit live on the field, and then we have a nice lunch at, in the SunTrust Club with a Q&A and autographs with the alumni, and then you get to go on a private tour of the stadium. So it's a lot of fun. It's four hours. It's from like 10 to 2. And uh, so check the details online. They're not on there yet, but they're coming soon. So so keep checking back, braves.com slash alumni. Awesome. Well, yeah, definitely go check that out. Uh, our thanks again to Jerry Blevins for joining us on Behind the Braves. Uh, big kudos to him for taking some time to be with us. And as always, thank you to all of you for listening and rating, reviewing, subscribing, wherever you're listening, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, braves.com slash behind the braves. You're checking out the show on the YouTube channel, wherever it is. We very much appreciate it and keep, keep sharing it keep telling your friends so the the numbers on it continue to rise and we very much and that's all due to you uh listening and, and spreading the good word and we very much appreciate that so for greg mcmichael i'm ricky mast we'll see you next week on behind the braves